Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's sein Rhythmus, als gäb's sein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hallo und willkommen zu Gegenpressing, der Bundesliga-Podcast. I'm your host Manuel Feit and yes, we're back. Uh, back after a week break. Well, technical break, I guess. No internet where I was, but um, thanks for putting out that post, uh, Stefan. Um, my co-host, Stefan Bienkowski, is always on the line as well. Yeah, the, the internet wasn't great up there, Stefan. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's always going to happen. Um, considering, I mean, listeners may have some vague idea of this, but just about every week I get in touch with you, you're somewhere else around the Midwest of North America. You're either surfing or skiing or traveling or God knows what. Um, and I couldn't even place you on a map most weeks. So it's no surprise that eventually you would end up somewhere where the internet couldn't follow. <laughs> hey, in fairness, I also did spend time in Germany and Eastern United States. But yeah, you're right. It's been the border opened and travel was back and I can't help myself. But <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was good to have a week off in fairness, uh, a much needed. I did. I think there was a couple of things that happened that we want to discuss, though. And um, we're going to do it a bit different this week by smashing out two shows to make up for the, the one week without a show, I guess. And um, we have some really interesting things to discuss. And I think we're going to start with Leipzig this week, Stefan and mm. the whole Nkunku saga. And I think this is really interesting overall. And I, saw, I think has some really interesting implications on what's going to happen in the Bundesliga overall as well. Um, because this is a really fascinating deal, the way it's structured and the things that are not included. Um, so we'll be discussing this right after this break. This episode of the Gigging Pressing Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEF. B L E A V. BELIEF. B L E A V. To get the bonus and get into the action, bet online where the game starts. So yeah, Stefan Nkunku um, signs a new deal, right? Mm. Right away, there's reports about an extra clause. And turns out there isn't one. <laughs> what was your initial reaction when, when, you, when you heard about this? Because I, I think the, the, the way this is structured, of course, is that there is a verbal agreement 
for Nkunku to be allowed to leave if someone pays around 60 million euros uh, next summer. Hmm. And the, the way I interpreted this, that there isn't a written formalized exit clause in there. This is the anti-Bayern Munich clause, right? <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's maybe why it wasn't written down in a contract because then they could, he couldn't technically push through a move to Bayern Munich. Um, it's it's an interesting one because prior to this kind of news breaking, and I think it was maybe only about a week before it actually was confirmed that people started to get whispers on signing a new deal, uh, we'd spent much of the summer watching just about every major club in Europe be linked with Nkunku. Um, he was going to be Man United's next winger. He was going to be Chelsea's next winger. He was going to be the replacement for Mbappe at Real Madrid. He was going to be plan B at Real Madrid because they didn't get Mbappe. Um, he just kind of conveniently slotted into a lot of transfer rumours just because of the type of player he is, the position he plays in, um, you know, and kind of forward players who obviously score goals by the bucket load, which he did last season, are a real premium this summer. Um, but Leipzig have once again kind of as we've seen in over the course of the last five or ten years, a number of times they are maybe one or two steps ahead of the the transfer window, and you know they never really seemed that concerned about losing them this summer. There was never any really worry from Tedesco or, you know, I know the club are going to hire hire a new sporting director before uh, at the end of the summer, but whoever else is in charge at the moment, there's never any kind of concerns that, you know, they were kind of gearing up for huge offers that they wouldn't be able to back uh, bat away so it wasn't um it wasn't like the Haaland deal at Dortmund for example where everyone was just kind of waiting around for him to leave and so this this contract makes a lot of sense you know I think I think it was Jonathan Hardy and a Deutsche Welle who made a really good point about this actually at the time when he said that it seems to him that a lot of kind of star players are opting instead of kind of making a big move this summer, they're staying put to pick up game time ahead of the World Cup in the winter. Mm-hmm. And then they'll kind of see where they stand next January or, you know, towards the end of the season based on how their profile kind of looks after the World Cup. Because there's a very good chance in Kunku could go to the World Cup with France um, off the back of a strong first half of the season with RB Leipzig and really be pushing for a starting role. Um you know, if you kind of take that and kind of compare that to maybe what happened to Jaden Sancho last year at Manchester United, uh, you can understand why someone like Nkunku would think, actually, do you know what? I'm going to bide my time. I'll get this World Cup behind me at a club that I know I'll be starting at and I know I'll be playing well for. Um, and that's a perfect that's a perfect preparation for a World Cup. Um, and yeah, so it makes perfect sense. Um I guess we'll just have to wait and see who does come in with an offer. I think 60 million euros is actually quite a low fee for Nkunku, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I think he's probably worth more going by the kind of going rate of kind of top strikers and forwards in the, in, in Europe right now. But mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see who needs a forward player like that next summer. Well, we have him at 80 million, right? <clears throat> that yeah. was his uh, latest market value increase. And I think that this probably still low <laughs> the way he played and <laughs> um you know look it's a verbal agreement uh, whether there's any truth to it is is a completely other question as well we all know how these goes is that if someone offers around 60 million we'll think about it uh here's the dotted line sign and <laughs> he signed uh i think it's also i mean is it worth pointing out that his agent is pinizza Harvey, right and 
Pinitza Harvey, of course, and don't worry, we, we get to this at some point uh, this week. We'll have a full discussion on this, don't worry. Um, is also involved in the whole Robert Lewandowski saga. He was involved in the David Alaba transfer saga away from Bayern Munich as well. So I think that alone is already an anti-Bayern Munich clause. Um, would have been very difficult, I think, for them to <laughs> negotiate with him after everything that's been going down or is going down at the moment. But, you know, look, I think at the end of the day, uh, Pinizza Harvey and uh, Max Bielefeld, who represents him in Germany, are very clever agents and they know exactly what they're doing in terms of um, career projection. And being in Leipzig right now isn't exactly a bad place. You know, this is a club that's um, has kept his core together. You know, there is, of course, discussions about Konrad Leimer potentially going to Bayern Munich. And I think they're both kind of... Um, kind of kicking tires on that one right now. It's not exactly going anywhere. Um, mm. we'll, we'll see what happens with it eventually. But in Schlager, they're bringing in an interesting player. Um, there was a really interesting report too that Tedesco wants to give Alexander Serlot a second chance, Stefan, mm. which I think is actually not the worst idea in the world. Uh, if you go, if you're playing Champions League and um, you, need a, you need a big squad, and if you want to if you want to challenge Bayern Munich finally for a title, you need a big squad, right? And um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they if they say, okay, well, let's see what he actually can do and go into preseason with him as well. So all of a sudden, you have a lot of options up front. And yeah, and Kunku is. We were asked a few weeks ago who's going to be a star in the Bundesliga, and we said, well, he's probably going to be one of them. And um, you know, you look at you look at the way he played last year, his market value um, evaluation, the way he skyrocketed to his current price. Mm. He's a star, and uh, he's has the potential to be one of the biggest stars in the league next year. And um, I think for Leipzig, that is quite an achievement to keep him. Yeah, and, and you know, it's a really interesting point you make about Sorloth because he's not the only one in that team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you could definitely make a an argument that Andre Silva was underperforming last season. Schobislai certainly underperformed last season. Even Danny Olmo, who was mostly down to injury, but he didn't have a great season either by any means. So you're talking about three genuinely star, genuine star players there um, who should be leading stars in the Bundesliga who were quite, maybe disappointed is the right word, but they weren't. They, they, they didn't pull their own weight, I would say. Um and it's understandable why maybe someone like Chris von Kunku might be looking at that squad thinking, well, I basically dragged this team to fourth place or third place um, last season. Um, fourth place. Um, so, you know, what's going to happen next season? And if he's been given some sort of assurances that Olmo, Shobis lies, Andre Selva will have a full proper preseason under their belts this time around, then the only way is up for Leipzig from an attacking sense. So you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of potential there. There's a lot of kind of po- promise there in that team, and if we kind of want to look at just a kind of pure a purely sporting point of view, you can completely understand why he he might be quite enticed to stay put for one more season just to see what this team's capable of. Mm. Speaking of staying put, um, Josko Gvardiol, I think we need to talk about him too. Mm. Um, I was really impressed when Leipzig signed him and then kept him at Dinamo Zagreb for a full season to develop there, right? And then they brought him in and 
obviously a 20 year old center back you just know that there's going to be growing pain going from from Croatia to the Bundesliga made some mistakes but overall you can just see his his uh, ceiling is extremely high in terms of where he could go as, as a player to develop um, you can say the same about Mohamed Simer Khan right mm. um, and Gvadiol there was some links to to Tottenham and um, while I was on holiday saw you reporting that that was pretty much shut down uh, I think too and this this is this is where I'm always curious before we go to your reporting about Tottenham when players make a decision to stay put it usually as you already alluded to comes down to them being told well look you're playing Champions League here mm. right you just won a title um we're really going to be pushing on and to pull pushing on, we're going to bring in X, Y, Z. And this is really why players in the end of the day opt to stay because they are shown a perspective mm. on where the club is going. And so if you have all of a sudden Nkunku Kvadiol saying, look, we're actually going to stay here long term. That always, I find that is almost more telling in terms of what the club is planning to do um, rather than the story itself of them staying, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I was kind of told that, this is what I put on the website last week, the story is that Chelsea and Tottenham have both kind of been knocking on Leipzig's door to see what the player's availability is, and they've got a stern reaction or a stern response from Leipzig to simply say he's not for sale. Um and this is just one of those situations when Leipzig do hold all the cards. They've got Guardiola on a long-term contract. Uh, he doesn't have a release clause. I was able to confirm that. Um, and the player's not really pushing for a move either. And, you know, and this, and this is very similar, like you said, like the Nkunku situation. Not only is he in a good position, you know, financially in terms of a decent club, and he's got a long-term contract and he can kind of play his options in a year or two. But from a sporting point of view, Vardio's got so much space to grow into in this Leipzig team. Um, you know, I think having watched him last season, as we all, as you mentioned too, um, he's got a huge amount of potential. He's kind of come on in leaps and bounds. It's kind of it's easy to forget that, um, and I just I kind of forgot about that until I was kind of looking at stats when I was putting together this piece that he was thrown straight into this team. I think he missed the first Bundesliga game through injury or something, but then he started the second match day and he just kind of never left. I mean, there's a few times, I think it's maybe suspension or injuries at some point dotted throughout the season, but, you know, you have some young players who, you, you, you get young players who have potential and they can show flashes of brilliance and they kind of start their careers as, you know, substitute players who come on when the game's finished for the last half an hour. You get some players who go off loan and they kind of earn their wings there, but, you then get some prospects who just immediately step up to the grades and you kind of forget how young they are because they very quickly become kind of like part of the furniture at the club. And that's kind of how I feel like Leipzig feel about Guardiola. They, they, they look at this guy and think, yeah, this is like a hundred million, hundred million euro central defender down the line. Um, mm. I think they probably rate him higher than Opa Meccano. Um, you know, I think any, Bundesliga fan right now, if you were to really genuinely ask them which one would they prefer to have in their team right now, I think most would probably pick the Leipzig player. Um, and yeah, I think it just goes to show how well he's been at Bundes in the Bundesliga last couple of uh, last season that Chelsea and Tottenham were both looking at him. 
Uh, I think Chelsea, I think Tottenham rather have moved on. They seem to be picking up um, Clement from Barcelona on loan. Chelsea are still kind of all over the place. So we don't know if they'll maybe go back and test the waters. It seems to me as though um, they don't really have a structure in place like they usually do. Uh, they don't have a kind of sporting director in place. They don't have a. They don't have really infrastructure in place to kind of set out transfer targets and try to sign them. It, it seems to me as though the new owner and Thomas Tuchel are quite literally just sitting in the boardroom with a pen and paper and and their mobile phones out. So it seems like Chelsea will probably quite, um, you know, play quite fast and loose with their transfer targets this summer. So we never know what might happen there, but. I think as things stand, Leipzig are more than happy to keep a hold of him, um, and 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 good for and good for them because he's a great young player and it's great he's staying in the Bundesliga. It's it's interesting that you mentioned Chelsea and their their lack of direction. Um, Marina Granovskaya is the sporting director there until September first, mm. and she has done a remarkable job. For Chelsea on the transfer window, I think there was a few dots, right? Um, well, Lukaku. She, yeah, so she has actually left, but she's staying on as like a consultant until the end of the, the summer window. But she has exactly. she has left her role as their de facto sporting director. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because Kicker is reporting that Leipzig had a sporting director pretty much wrapped up but walked away from the deal because a better option has become available as of September 1st. Mm. And one of the names that have been mentioned is Marina Granoskaya as the new sporting director at RB Leipzig. <laughs> Which would be quite something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it wouldn't be... There's a couple other names that were mentioned, Thierry Henry. Um, and Pierre Mertesacker. Um, Mario Gomez, of course, is already there, but he's with um, with Red Bull, right? Uh, he's mm. the he's in the when you when you look at it as a pyramid, uh, Red Bull is of course the the organization on top, and then there you have all these different clubs. And he's the what he does. He also works with the the, the team in New York and the team um, in Salzburg um and the team in brazil so he's kind of more over of an organizational role he's not a sporting director specifically for one club um so essentially what they're looking for is a ralf rangnick re replacement right and um terry Ori, i mean he was at uh, here in montreal um and it wasn't he, this coaching wasn't exactly a huge success uh pierre mertes acker more interesting, but I don't see him as a Red Bull man. But Marina Granoskaya, um, yeah. that is a name that when I saw that, and knowing the history of RB and the way they position themselves, and um, that is the sort of name that actually does make a little bit sense. The other one is, and uh, you know, you hear this every once in a while pop up, is Max Eberl, right? Um, mm. the, the question, of course, is how far is he in terms of coming back into the business um, after having left Borussia Mönchengladbach with, um, uh, for mental health reasons, right? And mm. this isn't exactly a quiet role um, that he would come into. Although Leipzig, I think, is probably a lot less emotionally... Uh, 
heavy in, like Gladbach is Gladbach a big traditional club with lots of members um, in, in Leipzig you don't have to worry about any of that uh, but yeah the Marina Kranoskaya one is piqued my interest right away Stefan oh yeah absolutely she comes she obviously brings with her a huge wealth of experience and you know her record at Chelsea kind of speaks for itself I would just be wary of the kind of different kind of structures that both clubs have Chelsea are such mm. unique institution in the sense that they they really offset their huge spending with just this remarkable back catalogue of young players which they sell and loan out and then eventually or loan out for like eight years and then eventually sell um they do a really good job of balancing a very big you know scale of a huge scale of players in and out which maybe you could argue is exactly yeah. what rb that the Red Bull system does as well over the course of like their three or four different clubs in Europe. So maybe she would be quite good for a kind of quite a senior role at Red Bull in general. Um, maybe as a kind of long-term successor to Ralph Rangnick, actually, perhaps. Not so much in terms of implementing a certain tactical style, but very, certainly in terms of kind of keeping track of all these young players and where they get loaned to and then eventually selling them on to Marseille for 20 million euros or something on their 23rd birthday or whatever. That's kind of where Chelsea, if you if you kind of look at which clubs have made the most money from transfer sales over the last 10, 15 years, Chelsea are one of the biggest clubs in Europe for that, which goes unnoticed because rather than selling star players, they just sell like seven or eight young players every summer when they've deemed to be not good enough for the first team. Um, so, yeah, I guess in a sense that, that would work quite well at the, overall, at the overall Red Bull structure. Whether that would work well for Leipzig, I'm not so sure because... I think a large part of her job relied on the allure of star players once they come to play for Chelsea. Um, and whether mm. whether Leipzig could kind of step into that role, I'm not quite sure. I'm also quite wary of Max Eberl just because Gladbach's such yeah. a different beast. You know, um, he was so good at helping develop squads, develop, give coaches time. Um, and, you know... At their height under him, Gladbach were just a very welcoming, likable club um, because they seemed to do things the right way, but also because they didn't really, they didn't really seem to give in to the kind of modern style of football where everything has to be cutthroat. And he doesn't ever strike me as a cutthroat man, which I think you would probably have to be at Leipzig to be perfectly honest with you. Um, yeah, and that's maybe why it all fell apart from a Gladbach because when things really kind of hit the fan he didn't he didn't strike me as the kind of guy who could roll up his sleeves and fix it um so i think gladback i think going to Leipzig would be a huge different huge change for him but it'd be interesting to see what and who they do bring in in the long term yeah apparently that person uh, is confirmed internally but can't join until september 1st so to be revealed i guess um before we wrap up this this show um, and yes, there will be two episodes this week. Don't worry. And we're going to have another one banged out after, after this one, um, talking about the big, 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 big Bayern Munich stories. But before we wrap this up, I know there's a lot of Americans listening to this show. Tyler Adams, Stefan, um, this one confuses me because I'm hearing two very contradictory things about this deal. Uh, on the one hand, there's Leeds United pushing to sign him right for around 15 million this is from legitimate sources um this isn't reported by sources that don't know what they're talking about 
Um, but on the other hand, there's also legitimate sources out there saying Adams and Leeds isn't as hot as people think. Mm. And there is also a history between Leeds and Leipzig, which we also have to remember. Leeds still owe Leipzig 25 million euros, right? Um, for your job, Kevin Augustine. And this is it. it it's a, at the final. I think the final court decision is is going to come down uh, pretty soon. Uh, FIFA, in the first instance, vote, ruled for Leipzig uh, that they have a right for that money. So, I mean, this is always kind of in the background whenever Leeds and Leipzig make any sort of, or Leeds and any Red Bull institution. And I mean, they have successfully negotiated for Brandon Aarons and another American uh, make any sort of deals. Um, Tyler Adams is interesting because I do think he is a very good depth player there and there is some players that Leipzig do try to sell Eli Moriba is one right uh, Brian Broby um, they want to sell back to Ajax um, sort of to, to generate some money but and then of course there's the whole Conrad Lima saga and I don't know what to think of this one Stefan because Leeds under Jesse March is he just going to sign a bunch of Red Bull players <laughs> certainly seems like that um i must admit when i saw this story i did raise an eyebrow um for two reasons number one um i'm a little wary of the expectations or the profile that tyler adams has um and whether that actually lines up with his ability um he comes across as a very decent squad player for leipzig but kind of feels to me as if he's not actually very he's not good enough to really nail down a starting defensive midfield role or a starting kind of wing back role or right of a three back three role um and that being the case i wonder if you know a move to the premier league might actually be a bit too much for him even on top but then even besides that the idea of him coming in as a kevin calvin phillips replacement which is exactly what has been touted is doing the guy no favors whatsoever um, I think he's a very useful player. I think I think there's a perfectly good chance that he go to uh, to 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 Leeds and become a very useful player player for Leeds as a club who are the bottom half of the Premier League, top half of the Championship. But um, linking him as the Calvin Phillips replacement just doesn't do the guy any favors. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I I can't say I've been on top of the story. I can't say if I know for sure whether there's any interest or not. I think Leipzig would be quite happy to cash in on him as you said, um, because he's a squad player who doesn't seem to be getting any better at the club. So maybe it'll work out. But yeah, like you said, it's very bizarre that of all the clubs around Europe, Jesse Marsh seems to be going back to this well, the one that routinely tried to poison him. Mm -hmm. Well, and also, I mean, the the big factor that you have to remember with Leeds is that uh, I think 51% of the the club is held by the, the ownership group that also owns the San Francisco 49ers. So... I think uh, they it's quite clear that they want to stamp an American face on this club. Um, whether that's useful for them or not is a completely different debate. I think I've met Tyler Adams a few times. I've interviewed him. Um, he strikes me as someone who's very highly intelligent. Mm-hmm. And I, I also really like him as a player. I think he is extremely useful. And I think he himself knows what he has playing in Leipzig. Um, I think you can have a whole debate on which league is better, the Premier League or the Bundesliga. Obviously, the wages in the Premier League are a lot higher. 
But at the end of the day, if you play for Leipzig, you play in the Champions League, you can play for titles, you can, um, you know, you, you can you can show your profile much more than when you play uh, for Leeds United, even though the Premier League is being consumed massively in the United States, right? Uh, at the end of the day, people say the Premier League is the most consumed league in the United States, but really what they just mean is the top six clubs. <laughs> you're playing for Leeds. You're not, it's, it's not like you're going to Manchester United or Chelsea or, um, you know, one of Manchester City, and one of those big names, you, you're going to Leeds, and the, the bottom teams are not shown quite as much uh, in 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 England and uh, in the United States as they are. So th I don't know. I I think you might actually be better off staying put, um, and maybe this is where the kind of the pushback comes from, right? The clubs are saying, "Oh, we should maybe make this deal happen," and the players are saying, "Well, I don't really know if I want to go there," <laughs> um, which is, I think, really. If I was Tyler Adams, I think that's a fair concern. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it's a really interesting kind of story, and I can understand why it's come about. Um, but he's also a player that – he's just one of these players that also seems to be linked to the Premier League if and when anything like this comes up. Yeah. Um, and without trying to really trouble or piss off a large chunk of our listenership, as I said to you the other day, I do wonder if there'd be this hubbub about him if he didn't have an American passport. Um it, you know, uh, yes, you're right. Because look at Amadou Haidara and how little that's talked about, and how often he is linked to the Premier League. Exactly. Same profile, same player, and I think the same thing. If if Leipzig could sell him to Newcastle United, they'd be quite happy and move on. And we don't ever talk about that. Yeah, exactly. So it's 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 an interesting one. We'll keep an eye on. I think personally, Leipzig would be quite happy to cash in on him. I'm not sure. I think he could do a decent job at Le at Leeds, but just not as the the trademarked Calvin Phillips Mark II. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Anyways, um, we're going to wrap it up here and be back with another episode a little bit later this week. Um, Want to just point out one thing before we wrap it up. Of course, the show is, as always, brought to you by Bet Online. But Stefan, we have merchandise. <laughs> Yes, I suppose we do. Yes, <laughs> we can, <laughs> you can buy a T-shirt with the game pressing logo on, uh, a hoodie as well. There might be more stuff. If you have any ideas of what you would like to buy, if there's something particular that Steph and I keep saying and you want that as a quote printed on your T-shirt, we can make that happen. And uh, you can buy it at the Belief Store. The link will be in the in the podcast. Uh, I'm gonna in the podcast description. So take a look at that if you're really interested in it. Um, you don't need to buy it if you don't want to. Um, you would not offend us if you don't want to walk around with a massive gegenpressing logo on your sweater. But if you do want to, um, yeah, that option is now available to you. So check that out. And as I said, we'll be back later this week with another episode. And until then, auf Wiedersehen. Sicht. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.